So, how are you doing, Chloe? Doing pretty good. How are you doing? I'm good, too. Um, we, we have uh, you here for a special purpose. That's right. <laughs> got a benefit tonight. That's funny, because in uh, The Jerk, Steve Martin talks about a special purpose. Have you seen that movie? <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, you are here to host our benefit. That's right. And tell us about your, um, you know, how you come to uh, this. Um, well, I kind of got an invite from you a few weeks ago um, via our Facebook connection because I manage the Facebook for Bike Smut, which features um, tours that host um, kind of like almost sort of Sundance Film Festival style. People uh, turn in their homemade uh, bike porns and we showcase them at events and do tours because there's no DVDs of the actual of each uh, collection of porn. The only way to see them is to come to the shows. And um, I think I think there's actually some shows going on right now with Phil in okay. somewhere further north. Back. Yeah, Phil, so Phil does bike. What bike? What is a bike? What do you call it? Bike porn. Because I thought when I first heard of bike porn that it was like, oh, you'd see a bikes in... You know, you'd just see like a bike leaning against a wall and it would be like pretty and shiny and like maybe <laughs> airbrushed. Um, there's probably some shots like that in some people's porn. What's kind of nice about what Bike Smut does is um, it's a lot more collective and community based. Mm -hmm. So when you go to a show, you can actually sort of see different versions of sort of what bike porn really is. Um, but essentially, any kind of bike porn is really just sort of taking a, a more erotic or sexual tilt on just the affection for bikes, the affinity for bikes, the love and power and freedom that the bike community and culture really has and its rebellion against cars and et cetera, et cetera. So is there any kind of parallel out there in the world of porn to this or in the world of bikes? Um... I would say more so in the world of bikes than in the world of porn. It's definitely kind of a niche market, I guess. Um, I mean, I, I very much feel that the freedom that you get from riding your bike is very much akin to sort of the freedom of kind of owning your own sexuality and sexual power. And unfortunately, I actually don't see a lot of that in pornography, but that's one of the reasons I love bike porn is that it really... It's a little bit more about taking on that sexual power and the freedom that that really gives you. So when I mean, you don't see a lot of that in pornography. Do you watch all? Do you are you like a expert? I I actually <laughs> I actually um, used to work for people who made pornography. I've never made my own porn or been in a porn, but I've gotten coffee for people who film porns or work on sets. You've so gotten coffee for people. I have. What are they? Um, what's that like? What are they like? Usually really sweet coffee, actually. No, that... <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Um, it's... Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, you... Because you... Sorry. No, go ahead. Because you said that you you don't see the freedom... In a in lot of mainstream porn, porn yeah. I feel like it's... A lot of it's... Um, there's or, a certain realism that's taken away for it, usually to sort of make more of a shock value. Um, I do feel that most porn is targeted towards, kind of targeted towards a male audience, but I think in a really artificial way, 
um, by especially by sort of painting this projection of like a very mm. static opinion of women. Sort of every girl kind of looks the same rather than having a lot of variety. Mm-hmm. Um, Sick of it. I, a really good friend of mine. He's a comedian in Portland. His name's Zach. And one time he told me, he said, I feel like porn's really more about bodily fluids than anything else. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. And while some people, bodily fluids is a turn-on, I think it's, um, it's kind of limited. And I think that uh, tapping into more of the, the sort of power structure that sex really represents in community and culture makes it a stronger turn-on for a much larger community. Huh. Can you say that again? Um, so I, I really feel that rather than focusing so much on um, just the base thrusting something into something else and mm. seeing bodily fluids, but putting more of a slant on the freedom that comes from sex, the power that comes from sex, the pleasure that comes from sex, I guess more the mental and emotional and spiritual aspect of sex and what it represents makes well, porn better in mm-hmm. my opinion I would like to see more of that mm-hmm. I feel like bike porn definitely has a lot more of that interesting so it's it's like this is not just about bikes I mean this is a new way of doing porn even if it wasn't for the bikes it is and that's like community porn it really is it's awesome I love it <laughs> and, and the other thing with it too though is um I mean, I think I, I did. I went to a show in Portland uh, sometime last year, and one of the videos was just a series of stills. And it's I, you see a lot more artistic porn in bike porn. There's a lot of variety. Each one is very, very different, just from the actual way it's either filmed or presented to kind of the the substance of it. There's some that are very much erotic that have a lot more graphic and really pornographic um, qualities to it versus some that look a little bit more affectionate or a little more tame, I guess, um, Mm. that are maybe a little bit more about um, love between two people versus some that are almost more comedic and a little sillier, um, which any time I I see pornography, I'd like to have at least a little bit of comedy in it Mm. because I don't think anyone can disagree that sex is an extremely funny most of the time. (laughs) <laughs> huh wow maybe I'm maybe I got a lot maybe I should read a book on that or something because I don't know if it's been that been f- funny enough so sorry and so what does the uh, show look like most of the time it looks each show looks really different um, you can actually if you go to um bikeporn.com or bikesmet.com that will take you to our website and there's a series of trailers somewhere on the left sidebar and um, each trailer is very very different from it's very different from trailer to trailer and I think that kind of gives you a good idea of um, the difference between each show and like I said it's it's completely participant-based, so whatever people make is kind of what makes the show. Um, we do try to have themes, but um, it's it's always different from from show to show. Okay. Well, can you can we pause there? Yes. Bye, Tom. <laughs> <laughs>
Carlos with the Eastside Bike Club. Hey, Carlos, how you doing? Good, good. I asked you to call in today to see what, what you're doing and if you can come to our benefit tonight. By the way, you're on the air. Okay. Uh, yeah, actually, we, we are uh, planning. There's a group of us from the Eastside Bike Club coming uh, down to uh, support this wonderful program. Awesome. Thank you. That is great. Uh, how many? Um, we're trying to get a group of 20, 30 people. Wow. To, go, to go with us down there. Uh, we'll be leaving in the afternoon. <clears throat> We're going to go uh, start in Alhambra, go to Boyle Heights, and then make our way down to Hollywood. Well, that's great. So tell us about uh, your club and stuff. But I, I just, I, I, I'm starting to think I may need more beer because I'm going to have a lot of people coming, I think, because it's on KPFK on the front page and LACBC put it out. Excellent. A, but, uh, yeah, so... Uh, what, what kind of what kind of uh, beer would you guys like to to have there? Have you heard of Eagle Rock Brewery? I've heard of Eagle Rock Brewery. I know a couple of the rides uh, have gone to it. I haven't had the pleasure of uh, of going over there, so I I haven't tasted any other brew or anything. But I have uh, heard of it. I know it's around, but I haven't uh, tasted it. Well, we might get some of that. Uh, they have uh, some suppose, supposedly some good, you know, uh, local stuff, and then. Grilled cheese sandwiches. I hope that that's okay. Oh, that's great. Okay. We, uh, I don't know. I don't know why, because I'm, I'm not a, a, a vegetarian by any means. But uh-huh. we, we do have uh, a number of people uh, in our bike club that are vegetarians, and I mean, for, uh, I don't know. It's just uh, it's weird. So it huh. our our bike club is pretty unique because we a lot of times we're known to go to destinations to go eat or or uh, you know to, uh, have something to drink spend some time together and it's weird because uh we have uh, uh several of the people in our group that are vegetarians and uh, i mean it's it's fun it's great um so it's something that we do all all the time and we look forward to uh, having a good time tonight. Well, I'm talking to Chloe here from something called Bike Smut in uh, Portland. And, she, it, you know, it's interesting. Have you ever heard of that, like bike porn? No, no, I have not. She's going to uh, introduce it at the party tonight. But, um, so it's just interesting how, like, different kinds of, uh, like, eating and, you know, in this case it would be sex, but different kinds of culture you know, and community sort of get integrated with, uh, with bikes. You know, it, that is the beautiful thing. Uh, you know, the Eastside Bike Club started here in, in Northeast LA and, and Al Serena with eight people. And over the, over the three years that we've been in existence, we've, uh, the, the roster has grown to, uh, over uh, 300 people. And we have people, just wow. about from every ethnic group that you could think of uh, that uh, enjoy rides with us. It's it's awesome. We got people from the San Gabriel Valley. We got people from um, coming over from the the Silver Lake area because they, they know we're the ones that are hosting wiki rides. We got people coming over from uh, the San Fernando Valley and the South Bay some, some sometimes uh, when we're when we get uh, closer to spring and we start doing our our uh, Saturday rides. Can you describe? Yeah. It's exciting. Uh, we love the experience. We love learning about different cultures, and that's what makes Los Angeles beautiful. And to be able to explore it on a bicycle even makes it better. Definitely. So so you're not doing your Saturday rides right now? 
Right now, we we haven't. Uh, there we I guess we went into hi, hiatus over because of the holidays. People were just uh, weren't coming out, so we decided to stop. So this would be our first uh, Saturday ride uh, coming coming back. All right. So well, some, yeah. Some, sometimes I ride there in the mornings or the evenings, and this one happens to be in the uh, afternoon. But, uh, yeah, um, our Tuesday night rides, those are going strong. Lots of people show up for that. For some reason, I don't know why they come on a Tuesday night and not on a, on a Saturday. But oh. um, as, as spring and uh, summer come along, that's when uh, the, the groups even get larger. So it's, it's fun. All right. Well, we're going to definitely look uh, for you. <laughs> it's going to be great to see you show up uh, cool. with a bunch of people. Look, look, we, look, we look forward to it. Yeah. Uh, we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you later on today. Okay, cool. Thanks, Carlos. Okay, take care. Bye. So that's cool. That was awesome. Um, my original idea was to get like all the rides that we've had on the show to show up. Oh, that would be fantastic. But you know, and I still am going to try. But you've seen the space. Yeah, it's pretty narrow. It's pretty narrow. How many feet would you say that is? Um, well, it's definitely it's like, smaller on the first chunk of the room versus a little bit further well, but back. That would be like the foyer? Yeah, where um, the uh, the movies and food and stuff is going to be is at least a little bit bigger. That's what I'm really bad at guesstimations, actually. Yeah, well, let's not, let's not do that. <laughs> but um, it's going to be good. I'm pretty, I'm pretty huh. excited. I'm very excited. And what are you going to do? I am going to be dressed as Betty Page, and mm. I will have a vlogger or whip of some, time, some kind with me. I brought a few down, so I haven't decided which one I want yet. Wow. Um, and I'll be manning the door and helping out with the raffle and talking to people about bike porn and just running around being being. So you're going to be like spanking people? Yes. Anyone that wants to be spanked can be spanked by me. So, um, you've done that before? Yes. I actually, um, Betty Page was a costume I did for a friend show in um, Portland. It's, it's like a party with his friends, but there's celebrity judges. It's like a, they put on like a gong show party, and I was a celebrity judge. And uh, a few people asked me to spank them. And when I was mm. Betty Page for Halloween, almost everyone I met at one point would just turn around and be like, oh, I guess it's my turn. And <laughs> it's kind of like the mistletoe. Yeah, actually very much so. <laughs> and it's nice because people, people who want it will just come up to you and ask, and you don't have to go around harassing folks. So it's a, But it's interesting how like the intersection of, in this case, it would be... Um, you know, sex mm -hmm. and bikes, you know, everything intersects with bikes. It seems like yeah. all of the, at least all of the important things. Sure. Well, I mean, even some of the unimportant. Things. <laughs> what else is there really? You mean besides bikes? Well, besides, I mean, you said with sex, with oh, food, food. Yeah. with community, culture, transportation. I can't think of a lot of <laughs> other main avenues. Yeah. Yeah, so it's interesting, it's interesting how, like, basic of a thing a bike a bike is to yeah. to people and it's the very, wheel. It's I mean, very simple. It's been around for such a long time. Mm -hmm. It's such a useful tool that can actually improve your body the more you use it. Mm -hmm. 
they're fairly inexpensive. So that's another thing about like bike porn is that the more you ride your bike, like the the sexier that you get. Yeah. Right. Sure. I mean, that's been proven. I think. And I think so. If nothing else, just an attitude. Someone who has real prowess on a bike and right. can really own it, like a, an extension of their body. That's usually. So how do you own a bike, high. and how can you tell, by the way, a person rides a bike that they're they're like confidence. Sexy? Confidence. Confidence is always going to equal sexiness, no matter in anything. Right. And I think most people agree with that. So but, how, um, so how does so how does a person like like what is it like running like like weaving in and out of cars? That's kind of yeah. I think um, I mean you'll definitely I think build confidence faster the more you use a bike, but also probably the more times that you've used it and maybe a a somewhat dangerous context. Not that I'm encouraging it. Right. Um, you definitely feel a little bit like well if I can get through that I'm. I don't know, it kind of takes some of your fear out of it. Sort of like the first time you learn to ice skate mm-hmm. or rollerblade, you kind of have to fall a few times before you can just start getting comfortable running around. I think maybe bikes are a lot like that as well. So tricks, like jumping off, you know, a, high, a roof would be I suppose, I suppose sexy. I so. kind of would show that you're confident. I, I got to say, I've, I have dated a few... Uh, men specifically who are have been bike messengers or DBMX, and there is something attractive about someone who can kind of just like do all sorts of crazy jumps and flips with yeah. an entire bike attached to them. I mean, skates a skateboard is also definitely a complex art, but I I feel like it's just this thin board. It's a lot easier to kind of pull it against your body and move it around. It's not as heavy as a bike. It's not quite as complex as a bike. Mm-hmm. Um, Bikes are a little bit more cumbersome in that one half can go one way and the other half can kind of go another. And with the weight of that bike, I think it's a lot easier to... So you... Yeah? It's a lot easier to do a skateboard. It's a right? lot easier, yeah. So are you saying bikes sexier than skateboards? Is that I what you're saying? I personally find bikes sexier than wow, skateboards. It's okay. my personal bias, though. My sister is the opposite. Oh, she's the, uh, she's the other... She's, she's more of a skateboard girl herself. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, there's one in every family. Yeah. Yes. We have debates. So it's like, you know, <laughs> our versus this versus that. Yeah. For a while, skateboards seemed to seemed to be leading. Yeah, I mean, skateboards are a lot easier to take around with you. It's, you know, if there's not a spot on the bus for an extra bike, I mean, a skateboard, you just hold it, put it on your lap, slip it under your feet. It's not, it's, I think they're easier to travel around with. Mm-hmm. Travel around with skateboards, mm-hmm. but in terms you can of like travel with a, I mean, yes, yeah, you but can you can't go like the go distance from state on a bike. to state with a skateboard. Yeah. So, although I'm sure someone out there is doing that, oh yeah, I gotta say, people are always the next, cro- especially cross country stuff. I don't know if you've there's cross country skateboarding. I bet there is. I, I haven't I looked into it myself, but if there isn't, there should be. I mean. I love bikes, but I mean, no, I think there should be a cross, cross country false. everything. Absolutely, cross country sex. Cross I would love sex. to see cross country sex. I'm working on it myself. <laughs> well, I hope you, I hope you manage to pull that off. Yeah. So, but um, I, and I don't mean this is like a false false choice between skateboards and bikes because they're right. both part of the same. The you know, and a lot power. of a lot of people choose both. Right. You could have your skateboard on your back when you're riding your bike. That's right, and I have seen that actually. <laughs> That's cool. Um, so, do you want a little uh, 
break here where we play like a bike song, bike song break? Sure. Let's do a bike song break. This is not actually...
Okay, so um, this is Chloe from Bike Porn, and Hi. we're talking. Hey. So, uh, what else can you tell us about uh, maybe the 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 touring that Bike Porn does? Because I know they do extensive touring, right? That's part of their yeah. We um, mo. I think our last tour was uh, Bike Porn Foreplay Tap the Rockies. We were in Colorado. Um, we did a few shows mm. up there. And you can see the trailer on um, bikeporntour.blogspot.com, um, and um, as well as all the other tour, uh, tour trailers that we have. Um, they're really good. They're really funny. The Bike Porn Foreplay one has this really cute song throughout the uh, the trailer. Do you want to? Um, should we play it? Yeah, we can play the song. Can you find it? Let's see. I'm just calling Colin Bogart here over on the phone uh, from LACBC, see who's calling in today. Usually we have one LACBC staffer per... Oh, wait. Okay, so you got it. Hold on. And... You got. And like those, there's stills from the previous tourist show, the Bike Point Community show. So you got, once in a while, you got the, the, the butt, the sexy butt, you got people licking parts One, of bikes. So describe that trailer. Um, so it's it's mostly just clips from um, the upcoming shows and um, some stuff from some previous shows, um, and it's sort of like it's a very much a hodgepodge of bikes, riding bikes, people. Like you said, there's a lot of shots of people kind of licking bicycle seats and bike handles. Um, there's some faux penetration of bicycle seats and other bike parts. Um, lots of sexy girls and scantily clad clothes kind of rubbing themselves on bikes. Um, mm. And then just general people dancing around bikes and having a good time. Mm. But it's a it's an imitation of the, uh, what is that from? The the song? No, the, the whole, like, it was like children's workshop something, but it was like no children's workshop. Oh, no children's workshop. So yeah. it was like, they took off from the, like a Sesame Street or Electric Company uh um, it, it does have a bit of that 70s electric. It kind of reminds me of that Sesame Street, the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, yeah. the pinball thing. So can I click on a random um, bike porn yeah, segment and go, see what it's like? It. Apparently there's no audio. <laughs> I picked the one silent. Oh, yeah, this one. It's a girl riding a bike. But... <laughs> 
exactly. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna cry. She's grabbing the light for She's pedaling for how the old couple's watching her. Also das nächste Mal nehmen wir wieder die Räder. Oh, that's in German. I don't know what she said. Maybe another one more. Now she's a little bit um, flustered. Yeah. And she rides off. There you go. That was a good example. That's a fantastic yeah. example. But, um, you know, I've heard it's a, you know, it's a lot of people think, oh, women probably really, you know, a lot of men probably think that women get off on riding a bike. But I've heard that's, that's not true. You really? <laughs> well, I guess they were just being, trying to, so you do? Is that true? But not as much as you would think. I mean, like every day when you're riding your bike? I I mean, I don't necessarily have an orgasm on a bike, although um, not to say that I haven't definitely in certain situations been pretty close. Um, right. Actually, when I was younger and I started riding bikes, um, I got really into um, kind of doing tricks. And I one day accidentally ran into a tree, but I went up it a little bit. And was fine. So after that, I kind of started purposely kind of running up trees on my bike. Hmm. Um, but um, it was kind of, I don't know, a funny time in my life when I was sort of starting to recognize my sexuality. And there's... How old were you? Um, probably about 11-ish, hmm. somewhere around there. 11 and or did, what did you think? Did you think... Um, well, what? I guess it was really just an awakening of specifically that part of me but combined with riding a bike i was usually by myself i kind of, it was kind of my little bit of freedom that i got to have where i wasn't at home i could kind of just explore and mm. meet new people and just go to new places usually by myself i spent a lot of time by myself as a kid mm. and um it's i think that's a good video it kind of represents um just that personal connection that you have when you're on your bike in a way you kind of feel like it's just you and your bike and there's no one else really there um yeah i wish i could have heard the understood the punchline it was in german yeah but it was probably like i'll have what she's having something like that i'm not uh, she had kind of an angry look on her face so yeah. i'm not so sure that that's what it, i i wish i spoke german maybe if it was in swedish i might have kind of been able to understand it but hmm. um but yeah that was bike orgasm oh yeah that's what it was called and you can see that on the bikepornTour.blogspot.com website. Okay, so upcoming, it's in the Tap the Rockies tour. Yes. Oh, that's just happened. Yes. There's actually, um, yeah, that's that happened. There's, um, I know Phil is. I think he told you he might be up to his ears in bike sex around this time. Um, on our Facebook page, it's probably more uh, recent updates yeah um but yeah so he can't go what does it mean as to be uh, he means he's like going through f submissions film submissions is that what it means or does it mean he's having bike sex i don't understand uh, i could mean a number of things for for all i know it's all the above um 
I, I yeah. <laughs> Did you want to say? I, I don't know where I'm. I could go in multiple directions right now at this point. But I was going to say, um, so being Reverend Phil, I've heard a lot of stories about Reverend Phil, including that uh, he got into this trouble with the police recently. They just didn't like the way he was riding and, you know, told him to get off his bike, but they didn't identify themselves as police. So he, um, he didn't. And so right. then they, when they finally got him off, they, I guess, still didn't identify themselves. And so he, uh, they started tasering him, but he was wearing a, I heard. Yeah. He was wearing some like jacket. And so it didn't like do what it was supposed to do. It didn't completely incapacitate him. It just like, really stung and everything so they kept tasering oh gosh so we went to court and i don't actually know what the result was but um apparently it was uh you know he i when i approached him about it to talk about it he's like you know you know it's a really painful uh episode for me so um i think he wanted to make sure that i wasn't just like a sensationalist uh tabloid media type of person Sure. But um, apparently he's kind of a like aside from bike porn, he's kind of a notorious personality. Yeah, he's definitely a force to be reckoned with. What? What? what now, do you got any stories or like? I unfortunately don't. I've actually only hung out with Phil like once, um, and the first time I met him, I think was was that a, a bike porn show? Was that like? One of the, the Portland kind of grand finales for um, Bike Porn 3, the Cycle Bound Tour. And um, I remembered me, a friend, and Phil and a gir- another girl were all in line for the bathroom. And we were sharing each other's flushes rather than flushing the toilet. It was like, oh, I'm going to share my flush with you. And, wait, um, wait, 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 what? <laughs> instead of like flushing the toilet three times because none of us, we were all peeing. Um, we were waiting for the, the toilet in the bathroom. And to be faster, sometimes people will say, I'm not going to flush the toilet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that makes sense. So, you know, sharing a flush, I guess, is what you could call uh, it. Yes. I don't know if that's the technical term for it, but that's what we were calling it. <laughs> okay. And so I don't remember who went first. I think I was last, but I'm not 100% sh- I kind of forget. But we kept, like, first one girl shared her flush with someone, and then Phil shared his flush with someone, or I shared a flush with or another girl <laughs> something like that um, and then uh, he sat next to me and shared some popcorn with me when we watched the show and um, he put on a great show he mm-hmm. did his little spiel in the beginning or he's talking about the tour because the tour had just ended and it was something insane like um, like 50 cities in like 100 days it was a really really big tour they went from the Pacific Northwest to California, a couple places in the South, I think, and or Midwest, mm-hmm. and even went to the East Coast. They were in New York. They were in Canada, and then back to the Pacific Northwest. It was huge, and um, and that's kind of when I first kind of joined on with bike porn was I was helping them manage the um, kind of online beats for that on Facebook and other places. The beats? Deets. Deets, right. So he's like a performer, though, isn't he? Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Uh, it's kind of like a stand-up kind of thing. 
Um, or I, circus ringleader. I I could see a circus ringleader. I think that's kind of endearing. Um. All right. Well. Uh, the yeah. benefit tonight is going to be fun. The benefit's going to be freaking awesome. We have a uh, the movie B I K E. Yes, bike. Um, and it does stand for something. They the the director last time said it didn't stand for anything, but then I looked at the case and it's actually an acronym, but and I can't remember what it is. Beyond in- inclusion, be inclusive, kill exclusive exclusivity. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. So we're going to show that and uh, telematic, which is a, a duet of a cello and violin with yeah. Arisha Smolarski of the LACBC, or formerly. Awesome. And Somerset Waters, a local uh, icon. Nice. Or a pillar of the community <laughs> or something. And um, DJ Patrick Miller, Trick Miller. Nice. This is all going to be at Vlad the Retailers on Heliotrope and Melrose. You, so you, what do you think of the, like, just as a place to shop, Vlad's? That place is fantastic. I was, I haven't yeah. really seen any place like that. I wasn't really sure what to expect, and I walked in, and there yeah. was, like, a rack of clothes, and then just, I don't know, every, like, little shelf, I just saw something really, really cool that I really, really wanted. Um, specifically, they had these, like, uh, organizers mm-hmm. that, oh, shoot, I forgot what they said on them. But the covers almost look a little bit like duct tape, and they've got a whole mm. bunch of art on them, and inside they're just huge. They've got just like a... The, there was a bigger one that actually even had like a menstrual calendar on the very front, which I thought was really, really cool. I don't see a lot of those. So that definitely... A menstrual calendar, wow. Yeah. Um, that's amazing. And um, they also have like a like a... Christian coloring book that's very sarcastic. Oh yeah, there's. Um, I read through the Ryan's Abscess one. Uh huh. Um, which what was, was that about? really funny. Ryan and has an abscess and it's getting removed, and his bear named Boysenberry is like, oh, there's something weird going on with the bear. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, there was some funny. And well, they have. Um, what else do they have? They have like the action, the um, revolutionary action figures yeah. uh, set. That's right. Like with Che and uh, Mao and Gandhi, and then uh, also some artists like Van Gogh and Picasso. Mm-hmm. They have ton of t-shirts, um, but we're gonna have some great bike art too. Yeah, I was gonna say the art in the place is really cool, and I'm really excited about the this silent auction for the bike art, which is. Really, really reasonably priced and really, really awesome. There's one pic. There's one or two pictures in particular that I really, really want myself. But yeah, I we'll mean, see what happens. So, and that so, um, the same people who curated the show pedals, pedals and prints from um, Crew West uh-huh. downtown um, curated this. They're called Two Rabbits Studios. Awesome. What else? DJ Raffle. Um, well, this is just you know going to be painful for people who are listening to the podcast because it'll be over. Mm-hmm. Know what I mean? Yeah. 
Michigan. So we should stop talking unless, about unless that. Unless they're actually went and they can relive it. Yeah. Relive the then experience. Then it's going to be, then, then it's a real service to talk about. <laughs> could be helpful. It could be not helpful. Well, anything else that we can play from, uh, you did the world of the internet? Um, I, there's a million things we could play from the world of the internet. I guess yeah. the question is, uh, what to choose? Yeah. Um, or to, how to narrow it down. That would be a question, sure. <laughs> um, I think there's a, uh, um, actually, you know what, we can probably find the, uh, B-I-K-E trailer. Right. That might be nice to talk about. Okay. Because that's kind of a... I, I was thinking about it the other night, and I thought it was actually kind of um, cool that we were showing that movie in particular because it's a lot of it's about um, just kind of bike community and bike culture, and I feel like it shares a lot of similarities with bike porn as well. So yeah. I think they complement each other. Hmm. Oh, good. So... Yeah, and Vlad the Retailer's kind of compliments that whole... Uh, Very much so. If you were to define that, what we're talking about, what would it be? Um, Freedom? Yeah, I think it's... But it, it's kind of the constant sort of like always trying to fight for a little bit more freedom or the balance between a lack of freedom and, and trying to gain it on your own terms as well. Okay, here's the trailer for the bike movie. Just bike, not bike. Also kind of a, like, anti-social... Black label is not for the media. It's not for strangers. It's not for the rest of the... Okay, let's let's pause it here. But there's also sort of like a, you know fuck society kind of a vibe you know yeah i mean i i think there's a certain i think there's always a certain romanticism anytime you kind of have to fight for something mm-hmm. um you know bikes are continually trying to fight for a spot on the road a safe spot a spot that they don't have to pay for with their lives or major body parts or brain function um which is why in a lot of bike culture i mean it's a community that's very much that's very supportive of each other but is also a little bit it's not for just anybody. It's definitely kind of a, a specific um, part of this country and this culture. And, um, mm. I, I mean, I think it's great that it's a community that, you know, kind of tries to sustain itself. I mean, a lot of people host alley cat races to try to fund their friends' surgeries. And there's a certain romanticism huh. about that kind of community and that kind of a family. So it's like the mar- the people on the margins are like we're being pushed out and yeah. they fight back with um with bikes. With bikes. Think we're ready to play it now? I think so. Well, this is ours. This is a family that we built because we needed it. We are the only real outlaw bicycle club. I hear people going, "Yo, yo, that's my black label, black label." Oh, it's a refusal to participate in the culture of waste. Not everyone else is there with them. Very few people think even want to challenge them. Very strong, tight-knit group of people who always get each other's backs, who live every day like it's their last. It's not just another commercialized MTV fad. This shit comes from the gutter. Somebody give me a sex of the beginning of the 
13 years ago, the time I was living in a junkyard, we had a welder and other equipment to build with. I got to know Jake, and he had told me he had seen pictures of this crazy bike that was two frames high. I said, well, let's build one. The rest is really history, I guess. You know, I got a little black label blood in me, huh? Two weeks, about two weeks, I'll be wearing colors. Everybody get it down! show up and say, I want to be in Black Label and get put in the club. We cook meals together. So it shows together, people shooting together, up. We ride together for a long time and tell everybody this sure what you're about. This movie is actually kind of specifically about awesome Black Label. And it's about, um, a, a lot of the movie is actually kind of about, um, a lot of is the tall bike jousting culture. That's sort of their initiation into um, part of their group. And like I was saying earlier, it's not really for everyone. There's this, it uh, kind of follows these two guys. One guy who's um, really established in Black Label and a guy who's trying to get into Black Label. And at one point in the movie, he says to the guy how, you know, I I ask you, you know, I've I've successfully done a bike joust. I forget what the specific name of it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm still not in Black Label. Why is that? And he couldn't really give him an answer. And they're just sort of talking about how he's not really... There's a certain... They weren't totally jiving. They yeah. weren't really... He really wants to be a part of this community and culture, and he's not really getting in. And um, he's got his own stuff going on with his girlfriend and drugs That's and typical urban culture. And uh-huh. um, He ends up actually forming his own bike gang, and like they have like a duel at the end. Cool. So it's, it's a cool movie. Nice. Yeah. Hmm. All right, well, should we continue watching it? I can't wait to see it. I, I think we should. We were going to put it like behind the music tonight, but yeah. I was, I'm thinking we should definitely play some I think it it's fun to watch because there's a lot of different interviews, mm-hmm. so you definitely want to be able to hear it, and, and uh, people might want to actually sit down and like watch it. Right. Um, especially there's, there's like a few parts that are sort of um, montage-esque, so those so, are fun to watch. Hmm. So we should maybe. Well, go we'll probably the movie have it split up intermittently. I think we're trying to have it. I think the movie is. We're guesstimating if it's at about ninety minutes, we'll play somewhere between twenty to thirty minutes at a time. Okay. That way, because the place might be a little crowded, it's definitely a narrow venue. People can come in and out, and be able to see a little bit of the bike movie, uh, maybe see a bike porn trailer. Um, get to play with the silent auction and and experience a little bit of everything at a time rather than have to like show up for certain parts and miss out on other parts. So you should be able to come down anytime and be able to see a little bit of everything. Okay.
lifestyle shit, you know, like, it's not like something we do once a week, like, it's every fucking day. Are you the Black Label? Black no. Any activist community, they think that the thing to do is to make everyone exactly like you. That's not the case at all. The, the goal is to, is to let everyone be themselves and still get along. And so I love to see diversity of opinion. The Happy Fuck Clown Club. It's going to be a club of about seven people. It's all artists. You're going to surprise Black Label. We're going to challenge them. And I'm going to take them the fuck out. So they're just they're about to so this guy is starting his own club because they won't let him in and finally they have a joust. His club new club versus versus black label, yeah. Well, that you know, my neighbor I haven't actually seen the whole movie but I because I'm extremely busy, but I lent it to my neighbor and he says he's just like, That's good. You know? Yeah. And he's not like the type to really like a lot of stuff. <laughs> That sounds like a good review. So, um, so once again, it's like you can generalize from the something that was that was that seems like it's just about niche bike culture, mm-hmm. and um, but it, it, bikes really are, in a way, incidental. They're, sure, they don't have. To, it doesn't have to be about bikes at all. There doesn't have to be bikes. Well, I think it's kind of like a one side of the coin and another it's kind of not about bikes and kind of everything is about bikes in a way like you can always trace it back to bikes you can always find a correlation between bikes and something else because i don't know i just really feel that um every time i look into any sort of niche bike culture but if bikes are associated with it there's always some sort of um like a, a goal of freedom there so I, I guess bikes essentially represent freedom to most people. But I mean, like how you, how he said in the movie that that um, people in activist communities they want some of them times they want everybody to be like think everybody should be like them. Right. When in reality, what it should be about is that everybody gets to be the way they are, and then they all get they can all. Yeah, come as you are, and, and to still be able to be in a community and and make make nice with each other i guess uh-huh. which i can definitely say from a lot of um uh a lot of culture in the west coast and pacific northwest there's a lot of um commun- kind of uh striving for some sort of community based culture either in communes or just big houses of artists or hippies or whatever they want to call themselves and um there's definitely like a, a striving for a sort of a, a universal, genuine appreciation for each other despite differences. But a lot of times that's easier said than done. There's definitely a lot of um, judgment and a lot of not being able to experience different um, ideas or people despite that being the ultimate goal. But are maybe more stubborn than they realize sometimes. Hmm. 
So tell me about you. So you're, uh, you know, you, you seem to be uh, good at talking about this type of stuff. So are you, have you, are you, have you been like reading bike theory or? No, I, um, I've actually, I don't feel that I'm really that much of an authority on bikes. Um, I've, I mean, I've only been riding around on bikes for a handful of years, really. And um, I definitely don't ride my bike nearly as much as, you know, a lot of my neighbors and, and friends and roommates do. Um, but um, I guess in a way I, I have a lot of ties to a lot of different um, avenues of bike culture. And um, if you want to call I mean, some people might even be offended if I said, you know, it was bike culture and in uh, in certain areas there's definitely competition and people feeling like, oh, Portland doesn't have, you know, Portland bike messengers can't top New York City bike messengers or LA gangs kind of versus certain New York City gangs and um, I, don't know, I feel like there's definitely a lot of uh, clashing egos. Tell me about that because a lot, you know, I I don't really I, I don't hear a lot of that. Like, um, you know, who's the best bike messenger? Well, for example? well, I like, well, uh, the movie Bikes kind of a good example of that. There, that's what the guy's trying to say is, you know, we want the the idea is to have all these different types of people together as a community, but um, in this particular film, you see how there's very much. I I I am my personal take on it is I saw it as like a clash of egos between this one guy and this this group that he's kind of trying to be a part of. And you can see from some of the interviews, there's, there's you know, people kind of feeling like this is a force to be reckoned with and, you know, there's a certain respect it deserves and this is how I feel it hasn't been respected. And mm-hmm. Somebody uh, on the uh, benefit event, mm-hmm. you invite on the uh, Facebook page? Yes. Is asking how old you have to be to help the bike valet for, for the... How old you have to be? Um, we're the event's basically an eighteen plus event because we are showing some bike porn, um, and then there, I guess there's we are having some some beer available. So if you don't have an ID or you're under twenty one, um, that will not be accessible to you. But you can at as long as you're over eighteen, you can at least see um, the movies and and hang out and have a grilled cheese sandwich. <laughs> it's gonna be so good. Yes. <clears throat> so um, I'm glad I don't have to turn people away. Yeah. Young people, that's gonna suck. But you're gonna be able. To I am going with, to have to do it with kindness. That's right. Somebody's uh, asking how to get. To, how does one get to be on Bike Talk? Yes. How does one get to be on Bike Talk? You just call. Just call. What's the number to call? It's two one three, two five two, zero nine nine eight. That's right. That's awesome. You want to repeat it? Two one three two five two zero nine nine eight. The number to call to get you on Bike Talk. So what are you gonna do now? Um, are we? Is someone calling right now? Well, 
someone might call any Somebody minute. might call, yeah. Okay, so we need to have something pin, entertaining that can be interrupted at any point. That's basically. right. I, it's like you don't even want to start something. Somebody <laughs> might interrupt it. Um, well, I actually, um, speaking of bike culture, Burning Man. Yeah. Burning Man is... We had a Burning Man bike show. You had a Burning Man bike show? Yeah, we had a bunch of Oh, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. How did that go? It was great. Yeah? They have a... What did they have? It was a long time ago. That was like before the last Burning Man. Not not just this one that just happened, but the before the one before Mm -hmm. that. And they have like Bike City or something? Bike City? Do they have Bike City? Bike City. And Burning Man? Uh, I'm sure they do. Or what is that big bike thing? Big bikeish. Isn't there a bike group at Burning Man? I, I think there's a lot of bike groups at Burning Man. I mean, it's fifty thousand people when I went. So, there's well, tell me then, what you, what well, it's all I, about. Well, I was uh, thinking of how um, a big part of Burning Man is no cars. It's a huge, huge prehistoric lake bed that it's uh, that Burning Man is in, and so in order to get around on the playa, um, you not. The only vehicles you can have are mutant vehicles, which are usually these really big art cars. And as long as they're well lit for nighttime riding, if they have a nighttime license, um, or it's definitely equipped with enough stuff going on that they're definitely creating something for the community of Burning Man. They're providing some sort of um, gift to the economy, so to speak. Um, you can You can have... Uh, a mutant vehicle. Otherwise, you have um, the option of having a bike. And there's there's a few other modes of transportation people choose, like stilts, or there's those rabbit walker things that are like, um, I don't even know what they're called, but uh, they're supposed to be, um, they're like a type of stilt, but they have like a bow at the back so that you can run really fast and go really far and jump around. Um, Anyway, I digress. Digress. Bikes. The mutant bike culture, I guess is what I would call it. Mutant vehicles, mutant bikes. Mm-hmm. Um, is um, I saw some amazing yeah, bikes. What, what? I saw like a shark bike yeah. that was – you, at night you couldn't see the, the bike, but it had this big uh, neon outline of a shark that the – Maybe it was just a fish, but the tail was waving back and <laughs> yeah. forth as it was riding. Then there was a horse bike. You could see the legs running. Oh, that's awesome. So you couldn't see the bike when it was at night. You know, yeah. you could see the neon thing moving. I saw a lot of bikes. like, it, And a lot of this stuff at night is supposed to be because it gets so dark. You can only see what's lit up. So mm-hmm. people get really creative in how they light things up. And, yeah, like I saw some bike that just like the wheels were lit up in such a way that I just saw these weird rotating discs across the playa was like, what am I looking at? And I realized it was a bike. Um, but, yeah, the people, the, the kind of the point of if you bring a bike to Burning Man, it's a really easy way to get around. Um, you're not kicking up a whole lot of dust. You can go pretty fast. And there's supposed to be, you know, enough room for you because there's not a whole lot of cars running around. The cars are usually more on the playa than the roads. Um, so there's... You know, it's easy to get from one end to the other. And one of the best things to do at Burning Man is really get on your bike and just start booking it out there because there's all kinds of little islands of 
He knows what goodies really far outside really? of the playa. You've never done that? Mm-mm. Like oh farther than other I can see? Most people, when they tell me their most kind of romanticized stories of Burning Man, it's usually I got on my bike and I just started riding really, really far out, like past the letters, you know, almost to like, almost to the fence. Um, and, you know, found, like, I think one guy told me he found some teepee that had, like, a little TV in it. There's no one else there. Um, there's lit up and just uh, this little island of, like, something really amazing. A lot of people also, like, kind of hide art out there. Mm. Really interesting types of art. A lot of um, audio art especially is usually further away from the playa so that it um, can work a little bit better. And so it's just... It's kind of cool to just discover little treasure troves of things, but being on your bike is the best way to do that. You can go just yourself. You don't have to follow a car wherever they're going, and you can go really far outside of the playa to do it. Um, But the way they dress up the bikes is kind of one of the coolest things because the I guess kind of part of the point is when you bring your bike is you really need to make it look unique so that if it gets lost or stolen, it's easy to identify. And also to... To show that it clearly belongs to someone, because I, Burning Man's a pretty, um, it's a pretty cool community. So it, I, I didn't feel like there was a whole lot of theft going on, but I mean, I'm, I'm sure it happens. I've heard of it happening, but it's not considered theft so much by the people who do it. I don't think, like, because Prob- they're just taking not. it from one place to another. <laughs> um, and it's. Probably gifting or like a like a yeah. I think a lot of people are prepared to sort of lose a lot of things. Right. I know Should a lot of be. people at lose at least something every time they go. Um, I don't think I lost anything. Shockingly enough, I usually leave something behind when just when I visit someone's house. But actually, I, I might have lost a flashlight. But other than one little mini flashlight, I don't think I lost anything, which is pretty. Pretty nice. So did we cover Burning Man just now? Um, I guess we did. I mean, we can talk more about it, but... Um, well, we managed to do that without um, anybody interrupting us with a pesky phone call or anything like that. Yeah. I would so say we're lucky, but... <laughs> They say dead air is probably not good for, you know, a radio show. <laughs> they say that, do they? That's what they say. <laughs> I can understand. Well, um, so we have the event covered. We've got, do we talk about food? We've got grilled cheese and beer. Yeah. And people are pretty excited about that. Um, We've got music. We've got DJs. We've got art that's available for a sound auction. Oh, and the raffle. Um, What all is going into the raffle? Oh, good. Thank you for asking. Um, Planet Planet Bike is... uh has donated a box of stuff. It was so cool. Awesome. The first they were like, you know, we don't really know about Kill Radio because it's anti-corporate. So it's not really, you know, since, you know, that's not the type of thing. We usually do bike causes, you know, mm-hmm. but of course. So this is not just for bike talk. It's for Kill Radio because this is the collective where we that's do the right. show. Oh. Hold on a second. Bike talk. 
Hi, Teresa. Hey, Teresa. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm very good. We're going to have a benefit tonight, and you're in it. Yes, we're very excited. And you are a telematic. Yes. You and Summer. Yep. We're a violoncello duo um, that sort of crosses the lines of pop and classical. You mean you you go back and forth? Well, we sort of mix the two up. We're both like you know, violin and cello are both classical instruments, and we both had classical training, but we've gone sort of astray from that um, from that arena, and and now moved so so sort of integrating that with our pop sensibility of of um, songwriting, and so we're sort of like a stereo lab meets Philip Glass. Wow. Yeah. That's great. So come out. Yeah, are, are you, um, do you have, like, show, do you play often? Um, well, recently we've just been playing, like, events, benefits, um, you know, art shows, things like that. We've, we got a little sick of the, uh, the whole venue circuit in L.A., which, um, so, so we've just been focusing more on the art world and multimedia shows, things like that. What about bike events? And bike events, of course. We're always there for a, a good bike event. <laughs> Wouldn't miss that one. You were with the LACBC for how long? I was with LACBC for about two and a half years. And you just had your retirement. I just, I just finished working there late December. Yeah, so it's been like a couple weeks without going to LACBC offices. It's been quite a, quite a feat to get over. No. <laughs> Um, it was a great time there, and I'm I'm glad I had the opportunity to work there, and I'm psyched to see what's uh, what's gonna happen. So I'm keeping you know keeping involved, staying involved, gonna be volunteering. Um, you know, there's lots of more exciting things to happen soon. So cool. Um, well, we're supposed to get a call from somebody with the LACBC today, but oh, still waiting on that. But um, we can't wait to see you tonight. And um, what I think you're going on like around. I don't know, but hopefully you you can come like sort of near the beginning and just enjoy. It. Yes, I mean okay. I think we're going on around eight or nine or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, people should come early, come out, enjoy some music, drink some beer, give some money to Bike Talk, and uh, support our local our local Bike Talk show. Well, Thank you for inviting us uh, to be part of this. Yeah, of course. I haven't uh, seen you guys, so I'm I'm really um, I can't wait. Oh, good. All right. Well. Um, have a great relaxing day, and uh, we'll see you tonight. We'll see you tonight. Thanks. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Take care. That was Arisha Smolarski of the um, LACBC, formerly of the LACBC. Formerly. Los Angeles County Bicycle Coalition. Nice. Oh, T-shirts. Right. What's the status on the T-shirts? I don't know. What do they look like? Um, well, Reverend Phil, I mean, no, not Reverend Phil, Reverend Mook. Why are there so many reverends in the bike scene? I, everyone likes, everyone likes a good reverend. They're really (sighs) outspoken and passionate and funny. You gotta have a reverend if you got a cause. I guess so. Um, so he, Reverend Mook, um, made this design. Oh. Bike talk. Hey, this is uh, Bobby. Bobby, hey, uh, great. How are you doing? Good. I um, was hoping that you would call in.
because somebody from LACBC is supposed to call in, um, but I didn't know. I forgot who it was. Was it you? <laughs> um, I don't know if I was if I was signed up or something, but uh, I, I just got I just I just saw your message just opened my computer, so I thought I'd call in, talk a little bit about the bike ballet tonight. Yeah. Um, well, it's great that you guys are doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We wanted to do a do a bike ballet that was you know, in, in central LA and, you know, part of the, you know, I mean, this is a big bike scene event, the bike talk benefits, so we wanted to kind of just, well, obviously bike parking is going to be an issue there tonight, so right. it needs bike valley and it would be great uh, just outreach and get LACBC out there mm-hmm. in front of all the youngins. Well, you know, I was thinking today is, you know, this is, the show's podcast on KPFK, and I was thinking that LACBC and KPFK are, are just meant for each other. Great part, like combination. Uh-huh. Um, so tell us about a bike uh, valet. What is that? So, um, I mean, yeah, if you, if you haven't seen bike valet before, it's just it's pretty much exactly like a car valet. Uh, you just uh, bring your bike up, and the valet attendant takes your bike and gives you a ticket to uh, reclaim your bike later, and then we just park it for you. Um, and we're gonna we set up uh, these bike racks that we can park a lot of bikes on, where you hang it by the saddle of the bike. And uh, tonight we're actually testing out um, some new bike racks that uh, Woody just built. Woody, uh, I worked on too, and uh, they're a lot lighter than the old bike racks. So we can actually move these pretty easily by bike, uh, which is pretty cool. So how many bikes can you accommodate in your setup? Um, well, we have enough racks now for like 150 bikes if we bring all the racks with us um, but I think cool. I'm thinking we'll bring I don't know how many how many feet do you think we should bring tonight like I was thinking that we'd bring enough for like 50 bikes yeah well that could be good I mean people uh, overflow can always go and you know find a some a something I guess that, yeah, yeah. you know there's a couple rides that are supposed to be coming um, oh yeah Carlos Morales's Eastside Bike Club Matthew Moore and the um, Santa Monica Critical Mass, um, Cool Ass Mike's ride, Adrian Galicia's uh, Misfixed. So that's a lot, actually. But you know who knows? It might. You know who knows what's going to happen. I don't know. Just yeah, whatever's good. Yeah. Um. So so they give you they they ride up. They just hand you a bike and you give them a ticket. Yeah, and then we put the, the matching ticket on the bike and then park it for them. Okay. And then uh, and then we just we just have it set up against a wall or something like that so that we can you know, we can defend the bikes against mm-hmm. against potential bike thieves, but it's never it's never been a problem with, with bike valet in so, the many years L E C B C has been doing it. Can you give me some examples of places that you've also done this? Um We've done it at like like art institutions, like at the, the Hammer Museum when they have bike night. They have, we have bike valet there. Um, a, a lot of uh, um, like health kind of oriented events um, seek us out and actually uh, pay us to do it, like uh, marathons and uh, like charity bike rides and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I mean it's pretty much it's pretty much like it's been it's been a lot of like health events and then also like arts bikes events and then any like and then any events like this that are specifically bike oriented um we often bring bike valley out too so 
people can actually hire you guys to do bike filling. Yeah. What? What? So they they go to your website. Yeah. Um, if you if you go to the LACBC website, um, there's a link at the the bottom left that just says to email uh, bike valet at la dash bikes dot org if you're interested in in having bike valet at an event. Okay. And so, so I didn't know that that Woody was with you guys. Yeah. He. Um, he. Yeah. He. He works with us on a lot of bike valet stuff. He's starting so. a um, bike collective. In uh, South LA, did you know that? Yeah, yeah, he's starting. Um, he's trying to start up another uh, bike co-op down there. Yeah. So uh, oh. yeah, Woody's going to come tonight with the bike ballet, and uh, he's going to be trying to recruit people for that too, I believe. Well, um, so Bobby, you're a fixture in uh, the bike scene yourself, personally. I think with your <laughs> tall bike. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you you were instrumental in Cyclovia. Yeah, well, sort of, yeah. Well, <laughs> one of the people, right? Yeah, yeah. And we're doing that again pretty soon. So. Yeah. Yeah, April 10th. That is going to be great. That is one of the big, yeah. the biggest of all events. Yeah, it was really exciting. Yeah, it's going to be pretty awesome when it happens again. I think it's the biggest. All right, well, so um, thanks for doing this, and uh, we're going to, we'll see you tonight. It's going to be good. Yeah, yeah, I have um, I have plenty of people responding to my call for volunteers for the bike valet, so should be should be pretty good. Awesome. Somebody asked how if there's an age limit. Did you see that on the on the event? Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot to respond to that. Uh, I mean, I not not really. I mean, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll take anyone, but I mean, I think I have enough people now. Okay, okay. All right. Well, um, our. Uh, our sports reporter just walked in, so we're going to talk about what's going on in the bike sport world. Cool. Thanks, Bobby. See you there. Yeah, see you there. Okay, bye. Bye. Oh, sports reporter has to step out. Eric Ochoa. Uh, Chloe. Hello. So... Yes. <laughs> what is what is up? What's up? I am stuck. Hold on. Um what is up? It's a really sunny day. Much sunnier than it is where I originally came down here from. Um, which is awesome. I'm not looking forward to going back to Portland's weather. Does it so is it like not snow there? It just rains? Is that what happens? Well right now it's like last time I, I called uh <sighs> folks that are nannying my dog. Um it's like ice rain and cold and miserable and gray and mm. blue. And mm. um I don't know, this was a rough year this this last summer 'cause uh we just kinda got, I feel like we got cheated out of an actual summer. Hmm. Um I think we got maybe two weeks accumulatively of actual like sunshine and heat. Um, there was like at one point uh, during the summer months that it was just like impossibly hot, super super sweltering for maybe a week or a few days, and and then it was back to like actually raining. So I'm sorry. 
You should be. It's your fault. It is for for driving <laughs> for driving you know for climate my contribution to climate change. All the times that I've left the lights on and. So um, this is Eric. Eric is a former student of mine and at uh, Santee Education Complex. Is that mic working, Eric? You want to check it out? Eric always has headphones in his ears. Is that true? Most of the time. Is anything playing right now? I'm sorry? Is anything playing right now? No. Okay. They're just there. Just in case you, you you need the inspiration. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What do you listen to on those? My music. Okay. I was just listening to John Lee Hooker when I was coming up. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay, so um, Eric is into uh, the world of sports, bike, bike racing. Right, Eric? Yeah. And what's going on right now? Well, last week how we were talking about... Um, some riders coming back from doping suspensions. Another rider is coming back again. An Italian, Danilo De Luca, is coming back. He was supposed to serve a two-year sentence because he was banned in 2009 for testing positive for Sarah, I think it's what it's called, twice. Mm. But his um, doping suspension was shortened to nine months because he cooperated you know, to show doping practices that some riders... Um, use so I guess they decided to shorten his sentence but he is coming back with the Russian squad Katusha Mm -hmm. with no salary what so he's riding for free Hmm. is that like one of the conditions of him being involved it's I'm not sure but I think it's um kind of his way I mean you are supposed to I think you're supposed to pay a fine when you when you get caught for doping Um, I'm sure he paid it but I think this is just another way of him, you know. Um, Sorry. You can keep going. Uh, it's just maybe a way for him to um, really show how, how much of a changed man he is. Um, yeah, but I mean, no salary doesn't mean, like, no pay, of course. Every time you want to raise a stage or anything, you get some cash from it. So he'll probably be getting that. But as far as the team goes, they're not paying him. Okay. Kind of trying to sort of pay his dues, so to speak. Yeah, I guess kind of something like that. Put a maybe a more humbling position. In yeah. Place. Makes sense. Do you know, this is Chloe, by the way. Yeah, we. you introduced me. We said hi and shook hands. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, so that's going to be interesting. I think in um, a couple hours, the Cancer Helpline Classic in Australia is going to happen. Australia has a weird time zone, so I think they're in Sunday right now. I mm-hmm. believe. So everything's going on in Australia right now? At the moment. Because it's summer there? Yeah. Okay. And, um, yeah, this, um, also they mentioned something about the flooding there last week. Mm-hmm. And they said if the riders are doing anything to help, all riders agreed to donate some money, like, from what they win tomorrow and mm-hmm. Tuesday until, I believe, Saturday. Mm-hmm. They're going to donate some of what they win to, you know, to aid the flood relief. And all the teams are going to be signing jerseys to auction off on eBay okay. to, to yeah. help out. So that that's really affecting people? I guess so. You got a question about racing, Chloe? Not really. Not really. Okay. Uh, where do you get your information, Eric? Uh, I'm 
constantly on Velo News and Cycly News. Cycly News has a forum, and you know, people are always on there, you know, talking about what's going on and all that kind of stuff, and that really helps get an insight on what's going on. Do you talk to people in there? Yeah. Well, it's not a chat room. It's like, you know, a forum, and you post, people post back, and yeah. Um, so what kind of stuff do you say? What do you talk about? Um, generally questions. I posted one about yesterday how um, Alberto Contador right now, they're not really sure if he's going to do the Tour de France because he's having a little doping problem right now. And um, What does that mean, a little doping problem? Well, they, they found small traces of clubetanerol, I think is the way you say it. Um, but he says it, it, he didn't do it. He had stakes on on a rest day at the Tour de France, and he says it was contaminated meat, and that's how it got into his system. What's clobetanol for? It's a performance-enhancing drug. Why would that be in a that's what, that That's why a lot of people think his um, claim is bull. Because mm. Bull. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, f- the, the guy who placed um, fifth at last year's Tour de France was saying if he's not there, it's pretty much open for anybody who was in the top ten to take the overall victory. And my question was, if that's true... Aside from Andy Schleck, who I think next to Alberto Contador is the biggest um, threat to the race, you know, aside from Andy, who else w- has a shot at the, you know, overall title in Paris? Yeah, you know, some people um, reply, you know, saying um, third place winner Denny Menchov has a chance, the current Olympic road race champion Samuel Sanchez. So, you know, people go back and forth. Some people have opinions, and some people trash on some other people's opinions opinions because they don't think they're right or something sounds cool so yeah. w- what countries are in the top 10 in the top 10 last year alberto contador he's spanish mm-hmm. andy schleck is from luxembourg Denny Menchov is russian fourth place samuel sanchez another spaniard fifth place was robert kessing he's dutch mm-hmm. sixth writer hedgedal canadian the first time a canadian is placed in the top 10 and i think 20 years seventh place Joaquin Rodriguez, another Spaniard. Wow, eighth you got place. the whole yeah, I mean, the list Span- in your head, huh? Well, I mean, from eighth place, I'm not sure. I know um, I think Roman Kreutziger was in the top ten again. Mm-hmm. But from, I think, from the top eight until eight, nine, and ten, I'm not so sure about. How many riders are there? In the Tour de France? Is this the Tour de France that we're talking about? Well, we're, well it depends. On a, on a race, like, say, for instance, Tour Down Under, which starts on Tuesday... There's going to be, I think, 18 teams. And from that, there's, I think, maybe 15 from the Pro Tour, which are, like, the biggest teams. And the other three are um, either home teams, you know, the Australian national team, and from others. But in the Tour de France, it's 22 teams with nine riders each. And usually in smaller races, you're only allowed seven riders. Hmm. And, of course, in the Tour de France, since it's such a demanding race at times, a lot of riders abandon. And some, sometimes you could just end up with, like, three riders left on your team, six abandoning and, and everything. They abandon it? Yeah. What, what, what do you mean? Well, it, again, you know, the Tour de France, of course, every cyclist dreams of riding the Tour de France, winning a stage, wearing the yellow jersey. But it's not an easy race to do. So... um Last year, the last year's route was extremely mountainous, and I believe this year's is going to be just as, or maybe even more. 
So, I mean, not everybody that gets taken to the Tour de France is a climber. So for the riders who, you know, just can't hang in, in the climbs, mm-hmm. it's just too much for them, they'll drop out. If you get injured, you drop out. Right. And, you know, that's the way it goes. So you're going back and forth between the Tour Down Under and the Tour de France when you're, like, talking about stuff. Well, the reason I was talking about the Tour de France was because Alberto Conador came up in the subject. Okay. Um, so when is the Tour de France again? The Tour de France isn't until July. Okay. But it's, like, all the same people, basically. Tour Down Under, Tour de France. Um, somewhat. Well, most of the same teams racing the, the Tour Down Under are doing the Tour de France. Do you have a question, Chloe? Like, <laughs> anyway. I... It was funny you were talking about how people drop out yeah. in the races, and I suddenly thought I th- I was gonna say, or you can get kidnapped like the fellow in that cartoon, uh, the Triplets of Belleville. I don't know <laughs> if you've seen that, uh-huh. but it's uh. about uh, this guy who really likes bicycles. His grandmother gets him a bicycle, and he ends up being in the Tour de France. And uh, some Russians who have a gang in America kidnap a bunch of riders on the race. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I haven't I haven't heard of that. I know I know back then it was common for um, um, spectators to be on the side and wait for a certain rider to to pass by, and oh I'll gosh. ambush him. Yeah, because oh, that's because mean. maybe another rider will, or maybe that rider that they were ambushing was winning over their favorite. Uh-huh. So oh. it was a common thing to you know like beat them oh up and everything. Nice. And then what happens? I mean, they can't. Well, I mean, they really. Didn't do nothing. I mean, I guess they would just finish their beating. The guy would get back on his bike, and um, it you happened. Got to be ready to throw down if ha- you're in the Tour de France. <laughs> it happened to that. it happened to Eddie Merckx when he was on his way to winning his sixth Tour de France title. Nobody wanted him to beat. Um, I forget. Uh, he was French. I really can't for, remember his name, but Eddie Merckx was on his at the time. The the record for most Tour de France titles was five in a row. Eddie Merckx was on his way for his six, and I guess the French didn't didn't want him to beat the French's <laughs> record, so you know they waited for him and they just like beat the crap out of him. So what happened then? He got on his bike and oh, he got hit the solar plexus, and he got and he rode again, but he there was no six Tour de France for him. Mental thing. Wow. He didn't win. That is really messed up. And also in 2009, two riders, Julian Dean and um, someone else. I, I guess someone was waiting on a little hill. And blasted him with a, with a pellet gun. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, well, a pellet gun, is that going to stop him? I don't know. It, it sure didn't. I mean, it hurts. Yeah, it stings. For yeah, sure. they showed the little bruises that they had after. But um, well, I'm, I'm not approving of it. I'm, but yeah, I don't, I don't think a pellet gun can kill you or anything. Wow. It, it can if it's close enough, but you would it, think it, it doesn't sound like it was nearly as close to nah, the Well, it was a, that was a pretty far distance, yeah. I believe. So. I would think a Tour de France like winner type of person could defend himself against like three average people. Oh, you think that? But hopefully, I mean, kicking. I mean, if you see a, a cyclist physique, they're oh, not they're much. They're, yeah, it's pretty. All their muscle is pretty much in their legs, upper body. Kicking. There's not much. I guess Unless, it, if you're a Tour de France cyclist, maybe pick up kickboxing as well or something. Unless you're yeah. a, unless you're a track rider. Track riders are like really big. I mean, uh, Chris Hoy, you look at him, he's like a really big guy. Huh. I mean, both in legs and like, you know, upper body. But especially if you're a climber, you're going to be like bony, really bony because you want to take as less weight going up a hill as you can. You want to be aerodynamic too. Yeah. So 
it's helpful to be life, I guess, in some ways. Mm-hmm. So that's so interesting that the different, uh, you know, body types that go along with different uh, events. Yeah, I mean, like I said, for a climber, you want to be as light as possible. Um, sprinters are usually more heavily built, mm-hmm. you know, to put more power in the pedals to for the sprint. A time trialist, I guess, it is among the same. You know, Fabian Cancellar is a big guy, but he's the best time trialist in the world right now. Nobody really yeah. comes close to him except for Tony Martin, who came close last year on several occasions. But, um, yeah, you, you have to have a different build for certain, um, what's it called? Yeah. Types of yeah, types events. Of, Body yeah. Type. yeah, you know, to be a climber, a time trialist, sprinter, etc. Yeah. Well, so, um, Chicken Leather just walked in and he, uh. <laughs> he hears his name being mentioned. Buck. <laughs> and so, but we're, we're going to, Colin Bogart's calling in a minute and then we're going to get, gonna okay. get some stuff that you found last night. Uh, actually, uh, we could do either one. Um, we, we got on the dinosaur ride. Thanks, Colin. <laughs> Bye, Chuck. Hi, it's Colin. Hey, Colin. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm really great. Excellent. Yeah, we got this benefit tonight. Exactly. Uh, and you put it in your newsletter, so I wanted to thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. And Happy you're to off. do it. Huh? Happy to do it. Yeah, well, it's, we've gotten a lot, so much support from LACBC, from, you know, uh, Kill Radio, KPFK, and uh, all those bike newsletter people in you. Awesome. So, are you calling in your official capacity with the LACBC today? We yeah, pretty much. Um, so you're going to give us a rundown of the events that are going on with LACBC? And I can give you an update on Glendale. Okay. okay. Um, if that's cool? It's more than cool. Okay. Super cool. All right. That sounds good. I'm I'm ready when you are. I'm, oh, we're on. Oh, we're on the air? Yeah. I never know when I call if I'm on the air or if you guys are getting ready to put me on the air. I should. We should have a screener. <laughs> Probably. That's okay. But, That's um, okay. I was listening to the uh, to the latest about the Tour de France and uh, the Tour Down Under mm-hmm. before I called in. What do you think? Just sort of catching up because uh, I haven't been tracking it that much. Yeah, it's all about it's all about Australia right now because it's summer there. So, um, yeah, and the, I, I remember reading about Eddie Merckx and getting punched in the stomach somewhere along the line. That seems just totally. Yeah. Wrong. Early days of the Tour de France were pretty, pretty uh, shady. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah. um, I yeah. guess I should tell you a little bit about Glendale, huh? You should. Yeah, you're like the Glendale specialist, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm working. Um, I'm working on a project that's funded by a grant from the LA County Department of Public Health, and it's specifically to work with the city of Glendale, and. Um, We've been working on a, a project or a plan that we're calling the Safe and Healthy Streets Plan, um, which is basically sort of a big-picture policy document um, that's designed to ensure that the city supports and encourages biking and walking going into the future, even after the grant expires. And um, we released a draft of that last September, and we did some community meetings to get feedback on it, and then we also um, got feedback on the draft plan from city staff and then we're just getting ready to release uh, what's officially the third draft of the plan 
And a week from Monday, on January 24th, we're going to be presenting the uh, revised draft plan to a joint meeting of the city's traffic and uh, or transportation and parking commission and planning commission to get their official comments. And ideally, we want them to uh, recommend to city council that the that the that the document be adopted. So that's a big deal. It's uh, Monday, that's uh, January 24th at 6 p.m. at Glendale City Hall. And um, anybody who lives or works or visits Glendale on a regular basis is encouraged um, to attend if they can. And and um, there'll be a there'll be a public comment portion of the meeting, as I understand it, so people can say, you know, what they support. Um, so what what, is, what are they likely to do? Do you have a prediction? You know, it's interesting. Um, the the Transportation and Parking Commission is is mostly, you know, most of the members of that commission, I think, are supportive of our project. They've actually participated in stuff that we've done in the past, like uh, when we did the bike and pedestrian count um, both years, uh, members of that committee helped as volunteers to do the count. Um, so I feel pretty good about the, the Transportation and Parking Commission in, ter- in terms of generally being very supportive of what we're doing. Um, I know less about what the Planning Commission is likely to, to do. I, I do know there's one person on the commission who is a cyclist and is, is definitely a supporter, but the other four are a little bit more of a question mark for me. Uh, so that, that part I'm not entirely sure of. Um, you know, and ultimately, they're 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 important in that they're an advisory body, you know, and and the, the council will will weigh what they say in their ultimate decision. Uh, but in the end, just like you know, most advisory bodies, you know, if the council decides that you know they want to they want to act, you know, in a different direction than what the commissions recommend, that you know they still have that prerogative. But it always helps if you can, if you can get the commission to to say yeah we support this then that that's all the better. So so people should come out to where is it? It's um Hall? Glendale City Hall. It's um it's uh at the it's on uh, Broadway six one three East Broadway. Um, it, the meeting's going to be in the council chambers. January twenty fourth. Uh, Monday January twenty fourth at six p.m. So that's. That's an important item, and I just real quick some of the key items in the in the policy that I think are are worth noting is that we're recommending that the city um, establish a, a a pedestrian bicyclist advisory committee, kind of like the bicycle advisory committee for LA and lots of other cities have advisory bodies like that. Glendale currently does not have such a thing, um, and so we're recommending that they establish that and and. Um, that's, you know, I think one of the more important items that is in the document that we're proposing. Um, and the full details of the, you know, the full document will be posted on, on the Safe and Healthy Streets website, which is a, a like a sub-website of the Bike Coalition's website. Um, we'll be posting that on the website, like, Tuesday, this coming Tuesday. So anybody wants to make Glendale better for biking and walking yeah. and not just cars, then come to the meeting six six thirty january six p.m. six p.m. 6 p.m. january twenty fourth glendale city hall council chambers um, and especially if you know for people who live work go to school um, or if you just you know 
visit Glendale frequently. You know, you know then you're then you're viewed basically as a stakeholder in the community, and um, so it's definitely your your opinions will be considered. Good. Um, yeah, that's probably the that's that's the biggest news we got going. Um, the city is also getting ready to update its bike master plan, which it hasn't revised since 1996. Um, that's coming down the, the pike. They've actually hired a consultant to do that, um, and he's uh, Ryan Snyder, who's you know a well-known, long-standing uh, bike and pedestrian planner, and he's gonna he's gonna do their bike plan update, which I think is gonna be a good thing. How is the city of Glendale on bikes? Is it a is it a bike-friendly town? It's um, it's on its way. Um, it's not not the most bike-friendly city. It, it doesn't have a lot in terms of uh, uh, bike-friendly infrastructure, but it's it's headed in the right direction. I mean, I've, you know, they've they've uh, painted a sharrows on a bunch of streets um, in the last year or so. Um, there's like six different streets now in Glendale with sharrows on it. So um, they're moving forward in that regard uh, pretty quickly. Um, Good. And they've got a number of other projects in the works where we're going to be seeing more bike lanes put in. And also, um, at the same time, they got approval to hire Ryan to do their bike plan update. They also got approval to spend a bunch of money to install a lot more bike racks around town because uh, that's something that's um, yeah. pretty lacking at this point. Is, you know, when you go to different places around the city, there's really not anywhere to lock up. Right. And so they're working on that. So that's good too. Like schools, for example. Um, they're kind of they're uh, schools. I think when it comes to schools, they're looking at um, safe routes to school funding because they've also done that too. They've applied for safe routes to school funding and they've gotten uh, funding two years in a row now. And so I think they're going to use that those funds to use schools. But the city. When, it, when I say the city's talking about installing racks, it's more like, you know, in public right-of-ways around business districts, you know, in front of shops, restaurants, in the downtown area, up and down Glen Oaks, Colorado Street, places like that where, you know, so if you if you go to, you know, ideally, no matter where you go, you know, restaurant, shop, what, what have you, there's going to be a bike rack somewhere close by that you can walk up to. That's, you know, that's the idea. Okay. So they're moving in that direction, so I've, I feel pretty good about that, too. Okay, good. Yeah. Any, anything uh, else? Um, yeah, actually, the other thing I could tell you about is, um, as I mentioned, we did a bike and pedestrian count. We did our second annual bicyclist and pedestrian count in, in last September. Yeah. Um, thanks to, like, we had about 85 volunteers wow. who came out and helped us do that. Um, I'm always grateful to all those people who really? take the time to to do the count and um, we basically we're going to be releasing a report uh, of the results of that count in the next couple weeks um, and uh, you know this is the second year so we'll be able to do a little bit of comparison from last year uh, plus we're also to help put it in a little bit of context we're also including information uh, related to uh, um, collision data and also American Community Survey data, um, just to sort of put it in context, because, um, for example, in the in the bike and pedestrian count, we talked, we were able to record things like 
you know, the amount of people riding without a helmet or the amount of people riding the wrong way or riding mm. on the sidewalk. And we can contrast that with, you know, collision data and um, rates of ridership uh, from the other survey data. I think it's going to give us a, a, a you know, a, it's always a snapshot, really, of what's going on in terms of biking and walking. But um, I think it's this time around, it's going to give it, we're going to have a little more, uh, a little more information to work with, and we'll be able to, we'll be able to draw some conclusions. Yeah. Make some, rec- make, you know, we're looking to make a few specific recommendations for things that the city can do to support biking and walking um, going forward in, in particular parts of town. Because there, there are certain areas that, you know, two years in a row had high rates of, of you know, bike riding and, and lots of pedestrians. And so those are obviously areas that should be, in my mind anyway, should be focused on in terms of making sure that there's infrastructure in place and if there's not, you know, that, that it be put in place. And if there is, you know, take a look at how it might be improved if it needs to be. And that was a, that's, that's good that you guys are doing that. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a big, it's a big effort. Um, two years in a row, um, ideally I'd like to see the city do a, a bicyclist and pedestrian count every year um, mm-hmm. so that over time you can start tracking, you know, trends and you can see ridership increasing or decreasing in different different parts of town and um and that'll help help the city to make better decisions about you know if they're thinking about putting in i don't know bike lanes or a bunch of bike racks in a certain area they can go to the data and say well there actually is a pretty high rate of ridership in this area or Mm -hmm. it hasn't been high historically but we see it's been going up year after year for the last two or three or five years however long and that helps you make a better more informed decision about you know where to invest infrastructure more wisely. That's the idea. Very good. Yeah. So we'll be releasing that report um, in a, in the next week or two, and all of this, both the Safe and Healthy Streets plan and the report, and information about the bike plan update, I'll be posting on the the, the Safe and Healthy Streets website, which is uh, la-bike.org/glendale. LA-bike.org/glendale. Um, or if you just go to the Bike Coalition website, if you look for it, there's a there's a logo for Safe and Healthy Streets, and you can click on that, Great. and so, it'll take you right to the site that we have set up specifically for Glendale. All right. Well, we're about to have Chicken Leather give us a recap of the ride last night. I think. Okay. I got a oh, but he has a question. Yeah. He has a question. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Colin, so much of your city people use is just like kind of like a fare through. Um, it's and and I'm thinking that people in Glendale, mm-hmm. they they don't fit any one profile. In fact, I, I find that there's more upscale bike riding now in Glendale. Could could you comment on that? I mean, by that I mean like people are commuting in Glendale, which is kind of rare. There, there's not a big fixie scene, quote unquote. There, you know what I'm saying? I wouldn't say that, I wouldn't say there's a big fixie scene, but there's definitely I've seen some kids riding around on fixies. So it's not it's not like there isn't anybody there. Um, and um, I wouldn't. It's difficult for me to say that there's a one particular profile to cyclists in Glendale. Uh-huh. Um, there's definitely a lot more recreational riding going on in Glendale on the weekends, based on our count information. Um, we see that there's a lot more um, cyclists sort of passing through Glendale on their way 
say, to or from Griffith Park or on the right. way to or from uh, the Rose Bowl, things like that, uh, because we definitely see high numbers of, of riders passing through an intersection near Griffith Park, and we also see on the weekends a high number of riders in the Montrose shopping area, which is a you know popular sort of stopping point for a lot of recreational riders because there's a bunch of cafes with outdoor seating and you can get a, a snack and a drink. Uh, so what you're saying is now that they're, they're noticing bike riders because they're an economic kind of thing. You know, I don't know if they've actually, honestly, I'm not sure that they've recognized it fully yet, that yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a very, you know, it's a quote unquote market they could tap. I'm not sure that they've recognized that yet, yeah. but, um, it's, it's certainly clear to me. Oh, um, yeah, I mean. But there when, is recreational yeah. riding going on, there is commuting going on during the week, but the volumes aren't as high as the recreational riding on the weekend, at least not based on the count data that we've collected. Alright, Colin. Well, um, once more, when's that meeting? Uh, it's Monday, January 24th at 6 p.m., Glendale City Hall, 613 East Broadway. Wow. All right, here's Nick. All right, Nick. Thanks, I mean, Chicken I think, thanks uh, Colin. Sure thing. Thank you. And uh, we'll talk to somebody else. We'll see else. you tonight. Right, and we'll see you tonight. All right. Okay, bye. Bye. All right, we got like one minute. Can we just like one we'll, minute? No, but if if the next show doesn't show up, then you can uh, just play. I, like, I can I can talk for two minutes. Well, yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, it, it's funny because, uh, 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 oh, I forgot his name. He's, Eric. Eric. Eric was talking about cross training and I was just telling him, re, re telling the story about how I ran out of gas last, last week for the Costa Rica. And while I will never compare it to the Tour de France and, and being pelted or, or socked or something, there's a lot of trash talk going on there. But I, I had to run, I ran out of gas. I didn't really run out of gas, but you know how you, Cars are temperamental. When you park them at an angle, sometimes it just drains right. your gas tank forward. So that's what I was doing. So I had to cross train more or less and, and run up and down. I'm, I'm looking for the phaser here to do this. But anyway, uh, I digress. So you uh, did a, that was fun. Yeah, the coaster break is still going on. There's two more. So in theory, if you win them both, you can win the whole thing. So come on out. Uh, you can check it out at Atomic Cycles. What's the coaster break? Coaster break is we do like a mountain bike race kind of running around in circles and stuff, but we do it on, instead of doing it on mountain bikes, we do it on like coaster breaks, like those bikes you used to ride. And what's really funny is I ride a coaster break all the time around the city and they said, oh, you'd be a natural. Dude, there's a, there's a different set of skill um, skill sets for riding the city as there is to riding mountains and stuff, but it... I'm learning better how to ride the city now that I'm in the mountain thing. Anyway, last night, we were looking for the dinosaur ride. Uh, bring up the turntables, please. This is what happens when you leave too early. You thought I was going to go for, like, the <laughs> Lebowski, weren't you? Yeah. <laughs> All right, they, we're here. they left early and left us out we, there trying to find who was on the ride. Isn't this sick? <laughs> Nobody. So, uh, let's have our own ride. Yeah, we we got we got there at ten oh five and the ride left at ten. So wow, they're they're keeping like Citibank hours now on these rides. We were amazed. And we caught up with with uh, John Lahar and Fuzby who had a flat, and we lent him our, our pump, and he pumped up his thing. But they were so drunk they said, oh. Don't wait for us. We still have to find a place to urinate around here. 
And in fact, those sirens are, are them still uh, urinating. They called out the. Uh, all right. We'll find no, we're just kidding. But we, we finally caught the ride, and here we go. You know you've caught the ride when you can hear. That's right. That is the strains of Jurassic Park in the background. And of course, Borfo was in full regalia with his dinosaur head. This is really lost on radio listeners because. Well, it's lost on radio listeners, but it's funny you should mention that. Tonight at the Bike Oven, I'm sure, uh, Bike Oven, at the Bike Talk event at Vlad the Impaler. <laughs> Vlad the Retailer, excuse me. We're going to be showing some of this. Cool. It's Wait, what do you think, Chloe? Would you would you come just to see this footage? It, it looks it looks really great. It reminds me of a lot of the Petapalooza rides in Portland, so I think people are gonna like that. That's good to have on in the background. Uh, now, now somebody was telling me that Portland is where young people go to retire. It's all flat, and it's like maybe four blocks of, of like really intense riding. The rest of it is just like there's there's nothing around. I mean, it's it's just like. It's it's just like a dream for you to get around there if you can get past the water. They say. Yeah. Well, there's downtown, and then there's the others from the west. There's the west side and the east side. The east side is my side, and it's huge and massive, and there's all kinds of places to. Zigzag. So you say east side? It's not like L.A. where all sides are bike side. I think east side's just more bike friendly, but. Okay. Well, we got to change that. Make it all bike friendly everywhere. All right. Well. So now you hear me just trash talking, trying to tell them, hey, we were left behind. Me. They're telling me why. Can we save this for the benefit? We can save it for the benefit. There's there's a plethora of footage to be saved for the benefit. All sorts of stuff, including clips of your favorite people getting awards tonight. So that's what ch Chicken Leather, I've already put the cameras in. So it's all, if you get there late and think you're going to miss it, no, we have a monitor for the outside. There's no reason not to come tonight. And we're going to show parts of Bike. Um which is the movie we talked to the director last week and we're going to watch that but you know what we're going to we're going to break it up so it's not like sitting for 2 hours and getting bored and you can't coerce or you know mingle co-mingle with your your friends or something anyway All look right, at well, the big bikes on well, this that's like a that's like Jurassic itself and i i if you want to see some of this footage you got to come tonight to the bike talk benefit yeah All right so we'll see you there and we'll talk to you next All week All right it is Kill Radio. And it's also podcast on kpfk.org. And it's Bike Talk. And thank you, Eric and Chloe, and all the callers. Bobby Gata, um, Colin Bogart, um, Carlos Morales. Thanks. And probably one more that I forget. Bad guy's dinner. This is the sequel. I know this one.